Yo, what's up? You know what it is. It's Roots to Grooves. Because I'm Jesse, and across from me is Jay Purcell. And that's how you know. What's up, Jay? Hey, everybody. Welcome along. Episode 100. <laughs> nice round number of uh, Roots to Grooves. We did it. It's been a couple of years, right? I don't even remember when we started doing this. Uh, I mean, yeah. 2019? 2020? I don't know. Tail end of COVID? I think we started in 2020. We started before COVID. Yeah. Oh, was that? Yeah. We started recording. We didn't release them until last. Yeah, year. that's right. So, I don't know. Time. Oh, sometime in 2020, I would say. Right. Yeah. So thanks for being here, everybody. We appreciate you. Yeah. Um, I mean, since we're this far, email in. We'll give you the email at the end of the episode. You have to <laughs> listen to the whole episode. Uh, tweet us, uh, like us, and rate us, subscribe to us on the podcast platforms. That helps, apparently, I've heard. Um, does. on Apple um, if you can rate us on there if you're listening on there do the same on Spotify and I think you can do ratings on Spotify but you can you can subscribe at least yeah <laughs> leave a couple of our episodes on loop as you fall asleep yeah just run those plays and stream stats up but uh, yeah we're trying to share this with as many people as possible so we can all learn and grow together exactly and I want to start out this episode because uh, I'm going to do this every episode now with a quote you know, about, ah, yes. about music, inspirational quote. Uh, this one's really simple this week from Jack Kerouac. The only truth is music. Ooh, short and sweet. That's, that's it. The only truth is music. I like that. And I think that might kind of play into our artist that we're covering this week. Joy Crooks. Joy Crooks. From London town, South London. London town. Why did they say London town? Uh, like I know Kanye said that in a song. Does he? I don't know. Just, <laughs> just, just like, just a slang way of okay. saying it. I don't cool, know. Cool, cool, yeah. cool. I was just yeah. curious. <laughs> uh, but Joy Crooks, yeah, neo soul artist, yeah, singer songwriter, yeah. Um, you know, alternative, alternative, uh, what neo soul? Yeah, alternative, <laughs> alternative R and B. I guess. That's, oh, that's what I was trying to say. Yeah, yeah. but um, yeah, R and B, alternative yeah. R and B, somewhere in there. Yeah. Very cool, kind of poppy. I was getting kind of uh, Amy Winehouse vibes when I started listening to her. Yeah, me too. Kind of in that, the vocals, and then a little retro. Yeah, the little bit the retro styling of songs as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. which production. is cool. Yeah, just very kind of warm production, good production. Whoever she's working with, All right? Um, cool groovy beats. Yeah, it's overall kind of poppy though. Yeah, presented in a poppy way, just kind of upfront and boppy and feeling good. Yeah, a lot of yeah, just solid energy. Yeah. She's pretty introspective. She seems like a pretty smart lady. Yeah, definitely. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, she her real full name is Joy Elizabeth Actha Crooks, I want to say. Correct. Uh, her dad is Irish and her mom is Bangladeshi, right? Yep. Yeah. And, uh, but she was born, Joy was born and raised in South London. London town. London town. <laughs> Um, which, uh, and she's only 24 years old. So yeah, so you know, she's, she's, she's a spring new. chicken. Yeah. Bursting onto the scene has a lot of good energy. Um, only one album out, right. But she's mm-hmm. had, uh, an EP out that came out in 2017, I think a few singles. Um, before that she was on YouTube, which we'll talk about later. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, she's been nominated for a few awards so far. I think she's been shortlisted for a Mercury Music Prize. Um, she was nominated for the Rising Star Award at the 2020 Brit Awards. Mm-hmm. I looked this up. 
Um, and that they first started doing that, I think, in 2007, I want to say. Let me just double check that. Uh, doesn't matter. Wherever. 2008. Factual checking. And the first person to win that award was Adele. So That's, um, It's a good list to be on. But Joy didn't win that. So she was nominated. <laughs> <laughs> what a loser. Now I'm realizing I said all this. So I was like, oh, she didn't actually win, but she should have done. But just being in the conversation is in a, the conversation. a testament to her abilities and her uh, critical acclaim yeah. across the world. Yeah. And I think she's uh, fairly mainstream in the UK, I want to say. I feel like mm -hmm. it's weird because I've been, I think I've mentioned this before, but when you're in the UK, if something's mainstream, everyone knows about it. Sure. Because it's such a small country. Um, but when you're out of there, you don't really know what's hot and what's not, or what's mainstream and what's not. But usually, like if you're getting Brit Awards and Mercury Awards, yeah, that's usually a, a nod to being in the mainstream in the UK, mm -hmm. I think, you know. So, Fair enough. Yeah, yeah, you're on the right track, certainly. Um, yeah, she's been on, she hasn't done much in the US, but she's, I think she did a really good music video. I saw a live version of the track we opened up with Feet Don't Fail Me Now mm. on the James Corden show, I think. Nice. I think it's like the lockdown thing, you know, where these artists record their own performance and then they broadcast it kind of thing. Oh, right. She did a great version of that with like in this weird warehouse with like mopeds and the live band playing in there. And she's just like walking through steady cams, tracking her it's like nice. with the bigness of the grandness of the song. It's just like very like, oh, this is this is emotional somehow. Nice. I like it. <laughs> I didn't see that video. I'll have to go watch it. Yeah. Um, but yeah. And I first heard of her. Through that song, Feet Don't Fail Me Now, just came to me, I think, on Spotify somewhere. Nice. And then uh, as I was researching Big Pig, who we did an episode on a few weeks ago, uh, Joy apparently does this like cooking show on YouTube. I don't know if you came across it. I did. Yeah. And one of the episodes was with Big Pig and she was cooking. Oh, really? Uh, like a, a hangover meal for her and, and they were talking about stuff. So Nice. That was kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't watch that video either, but I saw that I, I was like, I'm talking about music. Exactly. Here, not cooking. Yeah. Food. <laughs> we don't have a food podcast. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's awesome. I think that's a nice little uh, starter set for Joy Crooks. Yeah. Uh, let's listen to another track and then get into this. Let's go for it. Joy Crook's debut single Bam. called Mew Manhattan, released when she was just 17 years old, uh, co-produced and written by producer Michael Percy, I found out. I'm Impressive. getting, uh, James, she has a James Bond theme tune in the future, maybe. Oh, <laughs> that's probably, that, that's, that, that, that makes a lot of sense. That would, that that would be a great good. matchup. Yeah. I feel that. 
Um, but very yeah, grand. Very grand, yeah. And New Manhattan is actually a name of a place in Brussels. Nothing to do with New York. So Okay, nice. Yeah. Um, yeah. Rooster Grooves, here you are. Thanks Jay and Jesse, episode 100, Joy Crooks. We're hyped, we're hyped. Uh, what do you have on Joy Crooks? Where's she from? Where's she, what's she doing? Like you said, Bangladeshi mother from uh, Dhaka. Yeah. Place called Dhaka, mm-hmm. you know. Look it up on Google Maps. Yep. Irish father from Dublin. Yep. You know. Uh, spent the early years in a... So the couple names I thought were interesting, so I wrote them down. A town called Elephant and a town called Castle. Oh, nice. One place. Elephant and Castle. That's one place? That's one place. <laughs> Which is a weird name for an area in London, but Elephant and Castle, yeah. Okay, that's just common knowledge to you? Yeah. Okay. Uh, also right. name of a British pub here in downtown Seattle, if you want to go sometime. Let's go, I'll buy Let's you a go. beer. Yeah, sounds good. Until we're after our, our spell of sober right. After our detoxing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, before she moved to West London when she was 14. Right. Or London town, as, right. as you say. Yeah. <laughs> So then, uh, yeah, I don't know. She was just a kid, basically. She taught herself. I don't know the background of her parents Mm -hmm. um, being in the music industry or how much they love music or incorporating that into their lives. But she basically taught herself some instruments from a young age and started learning on her own. Yeah. Um, She spent eight years in a Catholic state um, school. Right. Um, Yeah. You know, that's said it taught her how to have Catholic guilt. Apparently, (laughs) They love that. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but I, yeah, I don't think she's Catholic, right? No, not really. I, I think she went there, but you know, yeah, yeah, right on. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, eventually she she went to a Portland Place school mm-hmm. in Central London for secondary education. Okay. And is that? I wasn't sure when that was. Like when she was older, like eighteen, um, nineteen, or what? No, that would have been when she was sixteen, because uh, uh, secondary school is like high school. Yeah, high school. Yeah. I just don't know any of these terms. So, okay. Yeah. Yeah, she uh, she said she's a high school dropout, but she didn't really drop out. I think she did her GCSEs, which is like the, the exams you do when you graduate high school in England mm. at 16. And then she left. She didn't continue with schooling Okay, after that. Um, but uh, just before that, she got an interest in singing when she attended a jazz and blues workshop. Okay. So yeah. I think that was the first kind of yeah. diving into the music world for her a little bit. Yeah. And she was only 13. And yeah. she was doing covers of Laura Marling. Apparently, and uh, some like reggae type stuff. Oh, yeah. And I guess she started posting that on YouTube. Right. Cool. So I'm pretty young, pretty young to be on the internet, even. Yeah. In general. It sounds like her dad was very much into music. She said like he would always like play like a whole range of music in the car when they're like taking road trips together, kind of thing, mm-hmm. when she was a kid. Um, as well as like playing her like a lot of Bangladeshi music, saying that like, oh, you know, you should, you should be listening to this stuff because it's part of your culture, kind of thing. Nice. Um, the other thing she said growing up is like she didn't really have anyone creative in her family and she always saw like musicians and artists as like an unattainable thing to do you know it's like a thing reserved for special people kind of thing mm-hmm. so she never really thought that it was something she could do um until she i think she just kind of gravitated to it like through like learning instruments herself and doing the jazz workshop kind of thing discovering youtube like you said and she said she was like uh, really amazed when she discovered artists like Ella Fitzgerald and Nina Simone. Mm-hmm. Um, just seeing these strong, powerful women belting out these emotional songs kind of thing. And I think that really resonated with her and inspired her to sort of continue doing this stuff herself. And then she started doing covers, right? 
on YouTube, mm -hmm. pretty much. It's like, yeah. yeah. She taught herself piano, bass, and mm -hmm. guitar. Yeah. I'm, I didn't see where she came across those instruments. She acquired them somehow. Yeah. From friends or something. Yeah. Um, when she was 14, around the same time, her parents separated, and yeah. she ended up moving to Ladbroke Grove. Ladbroke Grove. Just yeah. for, you know, fun fact of what she's up to in the context. Yeah. She used to go do uh, Irish dancing, Irish dance classes she used to take, apparently. So she's hitting some cultural stuff from the Bangladeshi side. Uh, yeah. Some, some Dublin side as well. And and so Ladbroke Grove is kind of like in the Notting Hill area, if you've mm. heard of Notting Hill. I've heard that. Um, and she said when she was on her way home from like dance class one day, she bumped into Mick Jones, who was the lead guitarist from The Clash. Mm. And she said she was starstruck. She said right. she was just basically crying at him. And, and she said that he thought maybe that she was trying to ask him for directions <laughs> or something <Right>. like that. <laughs> so, yeah. What a guy. What a guy. I don't, I don't know him. anything about him. Neither do I. But I don't know The Clash, that's all. But, yeah. Right, yeah. of course. London Town Calling. London Town. Is that? It must be a song. <laughs> London Calling's the song. Exactly, yeah. I was making yeah. fun of London Town yeah. now. It's funny. Uh, but yeah, so let's go to April 2013, and she uploaded a cover of Hit the Road Jack by Ray Charles. Let's play a little clip of that. Nice. Got the video up as well for uh, any of our YouTube oh, videos, viewers. Nice. Really nice voice, 14 years old. She's, yeah. she's playing guitar in this as well uh, with a friend of hers called Paolo. Paolo? Paolo? Sure. Either P -P -A -U -L -O. way. P-A-U-L-O. So it's spelled on YouTube. Let us know, Paolo. Yeah. How do we say your name? Paolo. Or Paolo. Paolo. So. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> just keep saying <laughs> Paolo. So this video gained a lot of attention on the YouTube when she posted it. Right, originally, yeah. So I guess it got yeah. like the attention of over six hundred thousand viewers. Wow! And so it. you know, people. Yeah. She was on the map basically at that point. Yeah. Um, and notably, yeah, her manager, her future manager, yeah, the person who would end up being her manager, right, uh, was one of those viewers. Right. And so that kind of yeah. set the the dominoes falling, you know. Right. Yeah. And uh, and then I think from that point on, like she started getting teamed up with a few producers, right, to start producing music. Mm -hmm. which uh, led to the 2017 release of that track, New Manhattan, that we released. Um, and, like, so Joy is, like, um, very much, like, uh, well, she said about the, the, the music quality. She was asked this about, like, her debut album, but I hear it in that original track as well, like, the grandness of it, like, the strings and stuff like that. Right. And she said it was that was like a sonic world she's already always had in her head, like that kind of retro sound and the big strings and horns and brass and that. But she never thought she'd be able to attain it. Mm. Um, but she said apparently oh, that's possible. Like 
if you have a little bit of budget <laughs> and the it, right people around you, yeah, you can create that that world kind of thing. Hundred so, percent. Yeah. It's very possible. It's not yeah. too far away. Yeah, is the thing. Yeah. So yeah, um, there was a two track EP, right? That yeah. she came out with. Yeah. Um, and both of those ended up being on her her next EP, I believe. Right. Yeah. Is that right? I think so. Yeah. Which arrived the following year. Yeah. So that was influence, right? Yeah. And then, so that was the the label was Speaker Box and Insanity Records. Right. Um, that was, is this the second one we're talking about? They came out in the same year, 2017? Uh, Influence. Influence was also 2017, uh, I have. Yeah, it came out in July 2017. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. that one's on Speaker Box and Insanity. Yeah. Five tracks. Yeah. Um, that one had Mother May I Sleep With Danger, right. which I thought was a cool track. We were almost going to play it on this show, but we're not. Yeah. Um, and she was playing with another guitar player, Charles monorod right yeah i hope i'm saying that right and he this was on they they performed this on the global music platform colors are you familiar i am familiar are you familiar yet i'm not i just (laughs) i just took some notes about what happened but i'm not i didn't know about that yeah you should check it out colors Uh, i think they filmed this in berlin Mm -hmm. um uh just really good performances of Mm -hmm. interesting artists some mainstream some that you don't know about local or worldwide worldwide yeah they have a lot of uk uh us artists on there as well cool yeah, yeah. um but that was a big thing deal for her at right. that time um she said after she did it she was kind of known as joy colors like mm. people would come up to her and be like oh are you joy from colors yeah you're from there although apparently she sometimes got they mixed her up with cleo soul who's another artist who i don't think we've talked about but we should maybe like another neo soul artist that's mm-hmm. out there um but yeah it was it was massive for her like Eight million views on YouTube that video. Yeah, like so sticking with the YouTube. Yeah, algorithm was helping her out a lot, and that one blew up. Yeah, just showcasing her awesome vocals. Yeah, basically, and people really responded to it. Yeah, she was asked. Uh, apparently, she thinks YouTube has the best sound quality of all the digital music platforms, which is interesting. <laughs> I don't know about that. She, uh, yeah, I don't know about that either. But apparently, though, she mixed her album to. To sound good on YouTube, hmm. apparently. I just want to throw that out there. Because she was asked, does she think YouTube's the future of music? And she was like, I don't know about that. Like, What would be the know? strategy? Like, we need more high-end or more low-end? Or how would you yeah. mix it for YouTube? She didn't go into specific details, but I felt like YouTube does some sort of compression, right? Mm-hmm. On the audio. I mean... I mean, don't they all, though? Spotify? Yeah, they all add something, a special flavor. And apparently this has always been done, actually, like on radio. Like, I don't know if you know about this, but every radio station has their own distinctive, like, compression sound mm-hmm. that goes out kind of thing. Um, I used to notice this, notice this a lot back in the day. I used to listen to BBC Radio 1 and this DJ Giles Peterson, who we've mentioned a lot. And he'd play a lot of great tracks on there, and I'd always record it on my mini disc player back in the day and, and listen to it on my headphones. But it somehow made the music sound better with like the BBC Radio One compression on it, mm-hmm. which is weird. Interesting. So, so, so yeah, it's weird. People don't think about this, but every every radio station, every TV station, every uh, online music network has their own distinctive like sound compression and sometimes yeah compression quality. So, what if they didn't yeah. put that on there? Uh, yeah, I mean. I feel like it's done for a reason, um, yeah. not artistically. I think sometimes it's technical, right? Mm-hmm. For example, Spotify don't 
they want everything to be like the same level. So you don't want your ears to be blasted by something that's drastically louder than For another sure. song sort of thing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think that's the main use of doing that. Fair enough. Yeah. Just to balance the sound so it doesn't peak and blow people's ears out. Yeah. But not necessarily yeah. to enhance any particular track. I don't, th I don't think so. I know on radio, though, it's designed to enhance like the vocals of like the DJ speaking and stuff like that. But then it has the effect of enhancing the music as well when it's played kind of thing. So anyway. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. Uh, so for, uh, 2019, two more yeah. EPs. Yeah. Reminiscence. Mm. There was, uh, there's five tracks on there. You know, pop, R&B. Yeah. Soul. Yeah. And then Perception, another EP the same year. Um, and this one, she played at Glastonbury. Yeah. And she, so that's pretty, pretty big uh, concert. Yeah. She, if Colors wasn't enough, she mentioned Glastonbury being a pivotal thing in her career. Um, you know, probably a personal highlight as well. I mean, I'm sure, yeah. I would love to play Glastonbury. You know? That's probably one of the biggest festivals in the world. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I would say so. One of the longest ones. As far as I know. Well. I don't know bigger ones than that. Yeah. I mean, yeah, world-renowned, I guess, people know of Glastonbury. Especially yeah. go how far back it's started. And if you think about some of the artists that were originally playing at Glastonbury, it's part of, like, music history now, music folklore. Yeah. How long has it been going? I want to say at least in the 60s. Nice. I, Damn. I think. Basically, I Michael Evis, like, the farmer, it was, like, his land, and he basically started a small music festival on his land and kept nice. doing it every year. And now it's, like, so big that he has to borrow land from nearby farmers to, like have the, the festival take place on. <laughs> That's insane. Yeah. We gotta go one day, Jay. I love to. Yeah. We gotta go. Yeah. Um da, 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 da. and then yes, um same year she did a European tour. Right. So she was just kind of starting to fire on all cylinders. Yeah. Didn't she, they say that sold out as well? Like her debut yeah, tour or something yeah. like that. Yeah. That's what I saw too. Which yeah. I'm not sure what, what what's up with that because they said she announced her sold out tour. <laughs> Yeah, if, I if announce you're just making the announcement. Like, that you can't buy a ticket yeah. because it's sold out. Uh, I was confused by the wording. Yeah. But I think that's maybe just my own brain. I think though. they wrote that in hindsight. She announced her sold out oh, okay. for brevity. They're like, okay. See, I get mixed up when these yeah. when I'm reading headlines and notes from exactly, articles yeah. and stuff. I need some clarity. I'm like, well, I'm in the I'm in the future compared to them, so I'm confused. Right, exactly. Yeah. Try to get yeah. it straight, you guys. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh so then yeah. So she she over this you know the the what do you call them the 2000 2010 to the, 2020 uh, yeah well it was the noughties before 2010 the no so i guess it's just the 2010s the 2010s yeah. okay so in the 2010s yeah. she just yeah. goes from learning instruments yeah and to to doing covers yeah to getting on youtube and writing her own stuff yeah to coming out with eps of original music yeah um and going and playing glastonbury yeah <laughs> and going on a sold out tour that's pretty yeah. cool that is insane. And she's and she did all that before now in twenty twenty three, being the age of twenty four, right? Mm -hmm. Like that is insane. Yeah. Yeah. I mean just wild. wild so then right. uh I mean yeah, so skin. We'll talk about skin now. Yeah. Um but before we do that, we've got a track. You wanna play track? Mm. Sure it's time for yeah, a track. Yeah, no, it's time for a track. <laughs> what do you guys think? Vote now. Vote now. Ding. Uh, no, no track. Oh, oh shit. Okay, keep talking. Okay. They said end no. the podcast. End, Somebody end said. the podcast. We're playing a track anyway. Yeah, let's do it.
talking But I never feel the drip when you're talking Only meet me in the drought when you're falling How I like my eggs in the morning Taking comfort in my shadow But you seem to stay afloat cause you're shallow You can never make a promise for tomorrow Cause all the time you choose to take is when That was Joy Crook's track called Hurts from her 2019 EP Perception, which she mentioned about earlier. All of these EPs and singles leading up to her debut album, right? Yeah. Skin. Skin, 2021. 2021. October, yeah. specifically. That track was giving me some uh, Gorillaz vibes. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. I could hear like 2D coming in. There you go, yeah. yeah, yeah. Random thought. But yeah, 13 yeah. tracks on Skin. Yeah. Co-produced by Blue May, another artist. Yeah. Nice. Right? Yeah. Um, and yeah, just you know, soul, jazzy ballads featuring her, yeah. her vocals and general infliction or uh, no, her bearing her soul yeah. through her mouth. Yeah, you will get Amy Winehouse vibes a little bit. Mm. It's interesting. I haven't really seen, I think they're trying to avoid that comparison like mm. themselves in the PR kind of thing, which is fair because, you know, Joy <laughs> Crooks is a great singer in her own right. You know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, but not just vocally, but also in that sort of vintage sounding soul that Amy Winehouse is doing a little yeah, bit. Sonically, well. it's the gritty drums and the strings and yeah. that sort of Motown vibe a little bit. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, but, not to uh, say it's, it's not, it doesn't sound, yeah. it sounds very good. Yeah. And it sounds a little bit, you know, updated from Amy Winehouse production. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. And a little bit more contemporary. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. There are some similarities to me, but not yeah. to say that they're the same people at all. No. And it's a solid, it's a very mature sounding album from someone so young. Um, apparently, they, all of these songs, you know, have been kind of in her ether, in her world for quite a while. She like wrote these in her adolescence, they sang. Um, finished off during COVID, like mm -hmm. as well, you know. Um, but she got her wish of the live string arrangements, live brass like you know that whole thing um which is crazy i don't know how you can be in that position to have all of that creative freedom i guess in some ways like for your debut album right you know i mean yeah she yeah. she set herself up yeah. for success one way or another yeah manifested that yeah and created an awesome opportunity for her to get these songs out yeah i think that was always one of her goals she said was come out with a original album right so she definitely yeah. got to to hit that and do it yeah. one of the one of the standouts we played this song feet don't fail me now yeah and that was uh one of the singles from the album one of her, her biggest tracks probably yeah. um it, it was on the ea sports fifa yeah. 2020 2022 soundtrack interesting um i usually i don't know i've i have experience with like finding bands or or songs from video games yeah. at least i did back in the day when i played more video games yeah so i feel like that's I don't know. Just I have a personal connection to like good songs. I'm going to hear like specifically sports video games like baseball. Yeah. MVP baseball used to play or uh, like a hockey game or whatever it is. Right. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I think it's a cool way to spread it in a place where you wouldn't normally be looking for music. Yeah. People don't think about that. It has a weird attachment as well because I know like Grand Theft Auto used to have like or still does have 
great mm-hmm. soundtrack on like the radio in the car when you get in the yeah. car and stuff. Yeah, and bands create tracks specifically for that. Yeah. It's cool. And, uh, but like, yeah, it's, it's weird because sometimes it's kind of like, I know it's only a video game, but sometimes it rem- hearing those tracks reminds you of that time. Right. So there is a little bit of attachment you get to like, you know, being in that world, playing the video game character and hearing the song. Yeah. And, and at a certain time in history, you know, so you kind of makes, yeah. It, it creates of, that whole yeah. timestamp for your mind. Yeah. So and, and makes you want to go seek out who these artists are as well. Yeah. Keep hearing it, you know, in the, yeah. in the game. It makes so. a cool connection. Yeah. So I just think I thought that was you know worth saying, and obviously it's great publicity for your your new yeah. album coming out. Yeah, it also is on the UK Asian top forty. Okay, yeah. I don't know. I, 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 I don't either. I just <laughs> they're throwing it out there if that means anything to anybody. It's funny though because <laughs> apparently this that song "Don't Fail Me Now" she said was a song about apathy, which hmm. she feels there's a lot of in the UK, and I would agree with her. Uh, I think I'm on the same page with her as our views towards Britain. Like she has a lot of uh, views that she puts in her music kind of thing. Um, she has this one track called Kingdom as well, which uh, is about the UK kind of thing. Mm. And I think her dad's sampled on there as well, talking about punk music apparently kind of thing. Oh yeah, the importance of yeah. punk, punk music. Yeah. Um, and yeah, she said that as well. Like... Um, she she went on this whole rant about Boris Johnson, our ex now ex prime minister of England, kind of thing. Well, it wasn't really a rant. She was just saying, basically explaining his history, which is yeah, he encouraged people to vote for Brexit and then disappeared and and then came back and you know, and people were like, I think a lot of people voted for Brexit thinking it was going to be some reason because they were sold it in a certain way. Mm-hmm. But then the reality of it was like, oh no, this is actually pretty shit for the country. Kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> so she said, like, their lead, the leaders in England are terrible, and they have no, um, like, no one holds them accountable for anything, you know. And so she put that in that song, Kingdom, and she said, like, the power of music though, and punk music, is to hold people in power accountable, you know. Right. Using music as that way, kind of thing kind of to protest i guess what's happening you know um so yeah say like similar to me it's like you know i don't, I don't want to say i love england i want to say <laughs> on the record on the record <laughs> be on video. I, I didn't say it but uh has problems you know there's a lot of problems there is a lot of apathy there's a lot of you know bad decisions being made by people in power i mean but it's the same you could say very similar in other countries i think you know like the inequality, you know, the, the what? between the haves and the haves nots and stuff right. like that. You know? Yeah. Like, um, what what country do people like? Where the people like what's going on in the country? What country is that? I feel like Sweden always tops the lists, or Switzerland yeah. is it? Like one of those two countries. One of those of, socialist countries. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I might move there then. Yeah, let's go. Because you know, I'm over it too. Yeah. But uh, yeah, and so it's like it's you know she's putting this into her music and i think it's resonating with a lot of her listeners you know yeah um and i think that's why she's maybe alternative r&b not you know mainstream pop because she's not saying candy 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 love you like whatever <laughs> stupid lyrics that are in pop music. yeah <laughs> well i just wrote a song <laughs> for a children's tv channel i don't know but uh yeah no she's saying something you know she's got something to say 
Right. Um, 100%. And this leads to, I think this is probably why she had so much creative control for her debut album, you know, because she's not, you know, she has a very clear point of view and she wants to express that mm -hmm. um, w without, you know, caving into, you know, whilst keeping her integrity, I think it seems. Sure. And um, she, not only that, she's well-spoken. Yeah, exactly. So she yeah. comes across as very yeah. calm, cool, and collected. Yeah. And she can articulate her ideas pretty clearly yeah. and effectively. And it's, it's very smart because uh, she was asked about, like, so throughout this album, Skin, there's like a few vocal samples, like the one we mentioned of her dad talking about the importance of punk. There's one of her nans saying goodbye to her, which is leaving her apartment in the hallway kind of thing and getting yeah. in the elevator. Um, she was asked, why did she put this stuff in there? And she had a really interesting response. She said, because at school, her favorite uh, less class was history, right? Her favorite subject. And she loves history because you have to know your sources, but you also have to provide context mm -hmm. around what was happening kind of thing. And so she wanted to do that in her songs because she talks about some, she always has narrative in her songs and she's always talking about something specific. But sometimes you need context. And she says she likes to put these samples and extra things in there to give you context before she says what she's about to say. Which is really like, wow, okay, that's really well thought out and like gives you the story. Like when you're listening to the album, you know, without you having yeah. to like figure out what she may or may not be saying or she's not ambiguous, I don't think. She's a little bit more direct, you know. Right. Like a rapper would be, I guess, in some ways. Like, yeah. yeah. And she said yeah. she listens to a lot of rap. Okay. Really? And, yeah. and even she said, uh, like an artist like Kendrick, Kendrick yeah. Lamar, she would yeah. even read the the rap before she listened to the track. Oh, wow. Okay. So, yeah. you no, know, she's yeah. very into the kind of intellectual side or like what's being said in this, what's the story, what's the narrative. Yeah. And then I'll listen to the track and listen to the music. Yeah. Um, but she's, I, I think it's cool how she's really you know honing in on what's being said and how it's being said and what the context of that is and yeah. what that means to the culture especially when there's a popular artist saying things to a mass population mm -hmm. like it becomes kind of important yeah it's like you're being given a speaker box or a megaphone you got to use it wisely right yeah <laughs> yeah you can't just be spewing out whatever so she yeah. she takes it seriously yeah um and that's you know that's a powerful thing she yeah. she's wielding her power yeah i think for good definitely yeah and and this extends throughout everything. I think uh, her music videos as well. She has a lot of say in because uh, she said, you know, she's trying to tell a story in her songs. She's trying to express something, and so she wants to make sure that every piece of that puzzle is something that she has her eye on, kind of thing. Mm -hmm. You know, so from the album cover to the PR to the music videos to mixing and mastering, she's even like there and having a say at those steps of the game, kind of thing. You know, so she really cares about her craft and wants to make sure what she's saying is expressed like in the right way without other people diluting it. I think, mm -hmm. like she said, she's a collaborator. She doesn't really, she said she doesn't really collaborate, but I think she meant by that she doesn't really like appear in other people's songs. Mm -hmm. Like I haven't seen that yet. I'm not sure why. Like maybe I don't know why. But, you know, I think she just wants to be kind of direct and clear and, and exactly. make sure she's saying her message, which is great. Yeah. And I thought it was cool. One thing she said was like when she's in the studio with her producer, she would try to you know separate the, the production from the like she does the feeling part. Mm. Like I'm incorporating my message and the feeling 
yeah. and not needing to overthink and the overthinking is done by the the producer right and i don't know the producer might have even said that in there like yeah. you do the thinking or the the feeling and stuff i'll do the thinking the the technical stuff and i'll worry about all of that yeah um obviously she has a hand in both and she's going to say yes or no if something doesn't sound good or whatever but yeah yeah um uh yeah just kind of just organizing the the different modes of thinking yeah yeah and being um, coherent of them being aware of them and, and using them to the best of her advantage that's cool yeah yeah and i think though she has said it has been like an up and down journey like mm-hmm. to get there like it hasn't been easy <laughs> it's been hard and um you know apparently she described it this way she's doused in imposter syndrome sometimes you know which you know i don't know if you've ever felt that but i've i've felt that quite a bit like at i think it's, times, i think it's relatively common yeah i think a lot of people feel that yeah yeah in a lot of different walks of life yeah and um and i think it's kind of like that you know you can have that doubt at a certain point you know you're working on something for a long time and then you're like but is this good Mm-hmm. Uh, and what am I doing? Is this right? <laughs> like, second guessing. Yeah, second guessing. You don't want to get into that. And I don't know if she's second guessed, but like, I think I feel like sometimes imposter syndrome is a little bit part of that. Maybe like, um, I mean, I think but, we we teach everybody that we, everyone comes across as like, oh, I'm, I know what I'm doing. Yeah, I'm doing the right thing. Yeah, but in the inside, they don't they don't say that so much, especially in the advent of social media. Right, like so much of that stuff is hidden yeah like i'm not going to show you the bad parts of my life only the good i'm only going to say the good things about what i'm doing and i'm only going to be confident when i'm talking to you but when i go back to my apartment i'm going to be depressed because i don't i'm I'm scared or i'm insecure i don't know what's going on in my life yeah um because perception is reality yeah and so we all create these perceptions of ourselves, so that you i i i hope you think I am who I per, who I push my perception on to you. I don't oh, no. know. <laughs> I think you're someone completely different than who you think you are. <laughs> but I mean, you know what I mean, though. Like we we build these characters of ourselves, and we push that onto other people, and we hope that's what you guys see. Yeah. Um, but it's not always the whole main picture. Yeah, yeah. So like, everyone, even the professionals and the top level artists or athletes or whatever. Yeah. You know they're they're feeling scared or insecure or they don't know what they're doing sometimes mm-hmm. and the more that that's that we know about that and that we can share those negative yeah. experiences and know that we're all like struggling on some level yeah or we're insecure on some level mm-hmm. with what we're doing that that'll help bridge the gap and hopefully make people not feel well that they're not in the right place at the right time and they they do deserve to be there and they do deserve to feel good yeah yeah, do you think that's the next evolution of social media, though? Because we've gone through, and I don't know if it is, because like there is mainstream media, and before that, there's social media. I mean, social media came after, but it's both of those mediums were filled with people basically putting on a front, you know? Yeah. Like now we have like the influencers or people that like to portray themselves, their lifestyle in a certain way on social media. Right which is not always accurate, you know. Do you think the next level, though, is that people will be more honest on social media? Do you think that mm-hmm. will resonate more with people, or will it? Because I feel like we went through a whole decades of mainstream media doing that, and now, like, a decade of social media doing that, like, you know. I think, I yeah, I think we're a lot of people are already starting to to break down those barriers or, or those walls that were created. Yeah. 
and do the opposite and and that's connecting with a lot of people yeah right now i think in like modern times i just i see a lot of people on social media like talking about this what we're talking about and, and breaking it down mm-hmm. and people will go so far to say like i'm making this post today about how my life is not perfect and how most of my videos that i show every day are like i present those and i love that and i, I want to teach everybody and be mm-hmm. positive but that's not my whole life and there are bad things about my life and i am scared or i am insecure or whatever yeah. it might be yeah. and i'm here to tell you that it's not all sunshine and rainbows yeah i'm going through this or i'm going through that and they'll, they'll make a point of posting a video saying that. And I, I think that's just the first step. And yeah. I, I think there's going to be more of that Yeah, well, um, because it connects with people. I guess like, yeah, also now the awareness of mental health is something that wasn't talked about even 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, so like there's more, that's yeah. becoming more of an acceptable discussion to have out in yeah. public, I think. And it, know, it's yeah. not a purely negative connotation. Yeah. It's like, it's just the real connotation. Like Mm -hmm. it's the, it's the reality of our life. Like we all have different mental capabilities or insufficiencies and like, we should be okay with that. Like we're all, you know, quote unquote, perfect as we are (laughs) like with our, with the things that are wrong with our body or with our mind. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, you know what I mean? I mean, like, but like nobody's perfect, but in that little bubble, we all are perfect. Well, you know, there's some crazy synchronicities happening in this episode because I started out with that quote saying music is the truth, right? Mm. Now we're talking about this and now I'm going to bring it back to (laughs) Joy Crooks where she was asked about vulnerability in music by a fan. Uh, She did this whole talk at Cambridge University in England, which she couldn't believe. She was like, wow, that's crazy I'm here. Um, she only had like 10 minutes of like the interviewer asking in questions and then it was like opened up to the audience. And she mm. had a lot of really like, avid fans in there, people that were almost crying, stuff like that. And uh, she was asked about like, you know, how do you feel about exposing so much of yourself in your music? Like, you know, honesty and stuff like that. And, um, and she said that uh, vulnerability and honesty is strength, like that's how Joy Crooks said it. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, yeah, you know, before she said that, she was like, "Oh yeah, maybe I shouldn't like be playing this kind of half jokingly because it is exposing yourself." You know, it is. And and she said that her mum sometimes always like likes to ask her manager, "Oh, what's Joy opened up her mouth about now?" Kind of thing. <laughs> but I feel like this is part of a personality maybe like as well like she says she likes to make people feel uncomfortable um uh, after covid she's realized the importance of small talk because people weren't having small talk during covid and Mm -hmm. so but yeah she says she likes to make people feel uncomfortable like speaking about crazy things with her mom in an elevator in front of people like like how's that rash doing kind of thing right (laughs) but she uses it in an interesting way because she says it's like a good she, I didn't, she didn't use the word icebreaker, but it's kind of like if you're in a situation, you know, and she'll just like say things that will make people feel uncomfortable because it makes them like have to like respond in a way that they wouldn't normally kind of thing or break out of their shell yeah. kind of thing, you know. Yeah, break out of the, yeah, the facade yeah. that you put up. Like, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. that guy didn't know about my rash. Right. Now we have to talk about it. <laughs> well, it's like it's fine. And exactly, like sometimes yeah. people have a rash of, of their mind or yeah, something. Yeah. and. Yeah. It's, like we yeah. should all talk about this and help each other yeah. and 
you know, that is exposing and it is vulnerable. Yeah. But like, like you said, she said, she's, that's strength. Yeah. Like it's, you're strong when you're able to be vulnerable with other people. Yeah. And you're strong when you're able to ask for help. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, yeah. Something I need to practice more of in my life, I think. Maybe. It's a hard thing to do. Sometimes it's easy. I feel like it's easier for some people to do than it is for others mm -hmm. right? to be that way. But if you're in music though, I mean, you, I mean, that's probably the way I would try and explore doing this more is through music. Like, right. Uh, cause it is the one place where you can ex fully express yourself and no one will judge you. Mm -hmm. They may or may not like the song, but they're not, they won't like listen to the lyrics and turn around and be like, are you okay? Like, right. Sometimes they might, I don't know. Now, at the same time, it's very intimate. Yeah. Cause somebody's listening right on their ears yeah. about your words and lyrics and the, the vibe of the music. Yeah. Um, but there's still some separation because you don't have to actually look them in the eye and speak with them directly. Right. So yeah, it's yeah. kind of best of both worlds. It could be a great yeah. opportunity for a lot of people to express that. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. So, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's what she's about, right? The, the honesty, the narrative, the story, the vulnerability. This personal um, strength. She seems like a strong woman. Yeah. She also said something that I really thought was interesting and cool is that she likes keeping promises to herself um like for example making an album because uh, she says when she keeps a promise to herself and then she does it then she said that makes her stronger as well 100 you know, and gives her confidence like an assurance that you know builds her self-esteem and stuff like that um i guess just by doing what you say you're going to do to yourself not necessarily to anyone else but to yourself kind of thing like, yeah i'm going to do this and you do it, and then that builds your, you know, mm -hmm. confidence. And, That's a form you know. of self-love. Yeah, yeah. Not lying to yourself. Yeah. Or tricking yourself, or right. saying you're going to do something and then you don't do it. Yeah. That that breaks you down. That makes it, things harder. Yeah, it's true. When you can't trust yourself, who can you trust? Yeah. You know. Uh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Deep episode for number one hundred. Hey, we <laughs> made like it. it. We made it. I like it though. Yeah. I mean, good stuff. So, That's all I got on Joy. Yeah, me too. Joy Crooks, everybody. She's just getting started. She's only has one album out, and uh, um, she's only twenty four years old. So we got more albums, more music, more tours. If if her next right. ten years went like her her previous ten years, <sighs> yeah, yeah, no, she's gonna be a star. She might be dropping it soon. Or I, I, she was asked like a year ago about the new album, and she was already like writing it. So mm -hmm. like, but it wasn't fully baked yet. So. I'm looking yeah. forward to it. Yeah. Her, the vibes are good. The music is good. Her yeah. voice is good. Yeah. Um, and in general, yeah. it's a, she, she, she brings great energy to whatever she does, it seems like. Definitely, yeah. Yeah. That well, was it. Episode 100, oh, guys. I just knocked your camera. Just your like earthquake. that. Earthquake. It's still in focus. You're good. Ah, jeez. <laughs> uh, yeah, guys. Thanks for being here. Hang out with us on uh, Twitter at Rooster Grooves. Mm -hmm. On Instagram at Rooster Grooves. Signal. Or no, wait, um, uh, TikTok, TikTok at Signal Radio. Mm -hmm. Where else? YouTube at Reach the Grooves. And if you want to hit us up directly, say whatever, please do at our email. Jay's got it for us. Thank you, guys. Reach the Grooves at SignalRadio.com. S-I-G-N-L Radio.com. Summer of 16 Was it love or nicotine?
Grooves is a production of Signal Radio. For more music and independent culture, visit signalradio.com. That's S I G N L radio.com.